Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Above Standard. You're here with just me this week, Ella, um, as Alice is back in Auckland. But in the studio today, I have the lovely Molly Robinson. Do you want to say hi, Molly? Oh, hey. Hey. Um, so this week, we're going to be having a chat with Molly. And Molly is a young mum. She also runs her own vintage store. And we're just going to be chatting about sustainable living, being a mum at, what, 22? Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, and all those things in between but of course a quick disclaimer just to start things off um here at above standard we understand that we are two heterosexual white females putting us at a point of privilege and we do not stand for any racism homophobia transphobia anything along those lines so if at any point you think we've stepped over the line please do get in contact with us via our instagram at above standard podcast we're always open to learning and growing as people. So, yeah, don't hesitate to flick us a message. Um, should we start with above and below standard to break the ice? What is one thing that you think is above standard at the moment, Molly? Ooh, vintage clothing. As per usual. Oh, exactly. Mm. <laughs> and something that is below standard? Ooh, H&M. H&M. And why is that? <laughs> oh, I mean, how... How can you produce that sort of clothing for that price without anyone falling out from yeah, it? Yeah, falling out from it. It's, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but hey, yeah, we can it talk about that one. Heart. Something that is above standard for me this week. Ooh. Um, oh, the donuts we had this morning. Yes. Shout out to Couple and Your Bond. That was delicious. I needed that. I've been working mm-hmm. a lot um, recently, and today is like my second day off in a row which is like a miracle and they're pretty good and then something that is below standard oh the fact that uni is going to be back soon for me Ooh. that's probably like a month away now which is kind of freaky don't miss that that's my below standard um so just before i gave a brief introduction to molly and kind of what we're going to be talking about today but there's nobody better than molly herself to introduce herself to the podcast today so i'll just hand over to molly and give us an introduction tell us about yourself molly wow i am molly robinson i am 22 um recently got engaged (laughs) which is super exciting (laughs) exactly um i am a mum to a little boy his name is van albie alexander Mm -hmm. and he'll be carrying along that ridiculously long name for the entirety of his life um he just turned two in january Mm -hmm. um and i can't think of anything better than being his mom oh maybe except for this thornton hall dress that i'm wearing right now but yeah beautiful (laughs) and then also molly you've set up yourself your own little side hustle or main hustle now really isn't it yeah main don't look at couple anymore no so (laughs) if you do know me that's probably where you saw me working Mm, yeah molly used to work at this gorgeous little cafe um, called Couple and Hastings and they, we just went there for I guess coffee and catch up beforehand it was gorgeous oh, yeah. um, so now you're on to Velvet General and what is Velvet General what's kind of like two sentence summary of what it tries to be cool. two sentences it's basically just a shop and Instagram that um, promotes the best vintage clothing that mm. I can find and I just kind of curate little collections of clothes for men, women, and little, little kids because I swear that is the hardest thing to find is good quality kids' clothes mm. um, as well as, you know, found 
home goods and ho- like mm. made made things um, like paintings. Literally little, everything yeah. secondhand and vintage, and Basically. it's gorgeous. Yeah. I just went over to Molly's little house before this, and her house is literally gorgeous. <laughs> it's, we've got some what were they big bamboo. Um, Shelves, oh yeah, with, which had all pottery. your with all your pottery, and it was beautiful. And so, um, Molly basically handpicks all of this gorgeous secondhand vintage clothing, and then passes it on via her Instagram and styles it very, very well. Thank you. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing that for? Um, I basically started Velvet. Uh, would have been June of twenty. 19 so van would have been about three months old yeah and i just needed some kind of stimulation i guess that's what it would have started from Mm. being a young mum and having all these interests but you know not studying anymore because i was studying fine arts yeah i would because ultimately i wanted to become an art teacher Mm -hmm. um but that kind of changed and it's mm. just so it was just the um it kind of just organically grew into what it is it didn't really start off to be this um vintage clothing sort of thing even though that was like my main love it kind of started off with me just selling my prints and little things that I'd find and then um the more that I thought about it and the more I was like actually this shop really um, relates to my own core values with um, with clothing and um, you know simple living I think is the best way to put mm. it you don't need so much stuff mm. like the amount of things people give you when you have a baby it blows my mind yeah. I so half, much unnecessary yeah, stuff I know I threw half the things out I was like okay chuck a pair of pants on and they just break I'm like cool thanks came out yeah <laughs> exactly ridiculous so it was just kind of it was half out of my love for it and half out of necessity yeah um just so that I had a I had something to put all this energy and passion into and to support me and my three-month-old baby. Oh, my goodness. So, Van is how old now? Oh, he just turned two. He just turned two. So, he's a little toddler man yeah. running around. And um, do you want to take us back to when you first found out you were pregnant? So, for all of those who don't know, Molly and I actually used to work together. <laughs> so, my first job was at Ride & Co., and we're both two little, what, 15- and 16-year-olds working under this crazy boss lady oh my gosh I don't care if she listens to it she's awful um and we used to go to McDonald's together after work go up the peak oh, I forgot about that. yeah we were so yes. bad we, well it wasn't even bad we just used to stuff ourselves with ice cream it was fine oh my goodness um, and my Ford laser eh? yeah yeah that car was a bomb yeah <laughs> wow yeah um and so we knew each other yeah, in our teenage years, really, because um, we're both 20 now in our 20s, mm-hmm. not teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last I really spoke to Molly was when you're about to go off mm-hmm. to uni to do this fine arts degree. You're going into this hall, and it was really quite religious, and I remember mm-hmm. you being like, well, I don't <laughs> want to do it. Like, it's it's all going to be, like, really restrictive and all this stuff now. So let's start off from there. Um Ooh. And you moving down to uni. Wow, yeah. I guess I just, I couldn't get out of Hawke's Bay fast enough, eh? Like, mm. probably with along with the majority of um, people that age yeah, from agreed. Hastings, Havelock. Um, I flew down 
to Wellington. Um, and yeah, I started off in this um, hostel called Central House. It was on Bolcott Street, right above this massive car park. Like you yeah. had to go up eight stories to get there. And then it was like this little like ant maze you know there was like little corridors off into little flats and you would be yeah it was you basically just flatted with um other kids from around New Zealand whose parents didn't want them going into naughty university halls yeah where all the bad exactly, stuff happens. where all the bad stuff happens um, so it wasn't your choice to go in there was it your parents, it wasn't really or? my choice but it made the most sense because it was actually the cheapest mm. and it was also something that my parents approved of because, yep. you know, they have to approve a least of one thing going on at your life at a time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I moved in there. I actually made really good friends. I was there with an old with an old friend, Mina, so mm. I think she made it all very um, nice for me. Like, yeah. it didn't feel so freaked out, but I, I became really good friends with the guy from Napier. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't think I would have coped without without Jackson, but, um, or Jacko. Yeah. <laughs> He's hilarious. Love him. Um, but yeah, it was kind of just, from there, it was just uni parties uni <laughs> with parties. my old CHB mates in yeah. the, in the, um, who actually lived right next door to my hostel in, like, this disgusting building apartment complex that was Oh, was it, the, was it called... Um, Quantum? Quantum, yes. yeah. That's it where was, all my friends were. It was oh, disgusting. It was so gross. Yeah. I swear, you could smell the eighth floor from, like, the car park oh, below Oh, is the eighth floor the top floor? Uh, second from second the top. Second from the top. I oh, have friends in the man. top floor and the fourth floor. Wow. And the second floor, which is, like, the dingy bottom. Yeah. But yeah, Bullcott Street Apartments. So oh, rank. Disgusting, so, right? Yeah, so you had gone down there, gone yeah. into this religious hall. Yeah. And so it was quite restrictive. Yes. There were quite a lot of rules. Mm. I'm pretty sure I broke every single rule within the first three days yeah. of living there. <laughs> Honestly, some sort of record. Not proud of it, but yeah. that's what happened. You know, you've got to be truthful about yeah. these things. Living Own up to it. Yeah. Um, so how I didn't get kicked out, I have no idea because my room was literally right below the, like, Wardens, I think you would yeah. call them. We yeah. called them um, residential assistants or Oh, RAs. yeah. No, yeah. these were like the pastor of the church that was across the road. Oh, like, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Are you serious? I'm, I'm like <laughs> not even pulling your leg. Yeah. It's, yeah. The guns. Yeah. Like how I, yeah. It was ridiculous. Oh, Don't know how goodness. I was still there. How I lasted the whole year. Whew. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting time because... I loved my course. Mm. I was so into painting at the time. It was, like, all I did. But then um, you just, you know, you get caught up in the whole thing, and I just don't think I was ready mentally to put in that kind of effort and that kind of work because mm. it was so much work, so much thought time to produce stuff that you're proud of. And yeah. I was just wasting it because all my friends were either working like, the people that I knew, I was so scared of making friends with new people that I was just holding on to those old mates from CHB yeah. who were working, and I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. My day's fine. I'm not wasting anything, but really, mm. all this, like, money that I've got <laughs> owed to the government yeah. is um, 
not like wasted, but I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything done with my course. I should have taken advantage of everything Mm. that the fine arts course was going to give me. But ah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like you had you had the talent. And you're technically at the mm. right age to go and do these exactly. things. But, you know, other stuff comes up oh. and you have distractions around you all the time. And it's actually such a common thing at university is that, I don't know, everyone tells you you go to uni and mm. you have a good time. And you do. But that level of um, commitment. commitment, self-management... Um, Discipline. Discipline. Hey. That's the yeah. word I was looking for. Discipline required is actually insane. I know. And... Not everybody has it by the time they're 18. And that's so incredibly normal. Like, I feel like you're talking about it now and it kind of... I feel like you're kind of talking down on yourself when you shouldn't be because Mm. I know tons of people who were in the same position and it took them, like, 12 to 18 months to actually be like, oh, shit. Yeah. I need to... Actually, I and <laughs> utilize what I have in front of me because yeah. it's when you're in Wellington, especially when you're coming from somewhere like Hawkes Bay, where there's or, nothing, or Central Hawkes Bay, which is yeah. CHB, which Molly keeps referring to. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Um, the access and the opportunities that you have when you go to a big city and all the people you're surrounded with, it's so tantalizing. I know, it's so you exciting. You get so caught up in it, and it's like if you've got no real goal right mm. in front of you you know that dangling carrot mm. or whatever they call it yeah you just get so lost you get caught up into like you know the waves of these people or oh these people over here and then you just got nowhere to go so you don't end up gaining anything you don't go forward you mm. just keep getting swept to the side and distracted yeah and so i think that's my biggest regret about uni is not mm. taking advantage of what they were giving me, and mm. so that's kind of yeah. Why Would you I was ever go so back down. and study a bit more? Because you said you mm. want to be an art teacher. I mean, yeah. everything changes, but you definitely could still, I guess, go back and yeah, study. you could, but I don't think I will. No. Like I kind of, I it's not that I don't want to finish the course or anything, but it's more, I think, I've found what I love and what mm. I want to be doing for as long as I can without having uni yeah. and I am in an incredibly lucky situation to have found it mm. but because um, not everyone knows what they want to do mm. by even by the time they're 25 you know so um, I think I have this amazing opportunity now to um, to put all my passion towards this one thing which is Velvet General and um, to I uh, use everything that I've been able to build up in the past two years to um, make the most of it, you know? So Yeah, you've got that yeah. awesome opportunity right in front exactly. of you. Why backtrack? Yeah. Or, you, or there's time for that yeah. further down the road. Exactly. There's, you're never too old to study. Oh, no, never, can, never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's awesome. So then you're at uni for a year. You're kind of being washed around a bit, probably yeah. having a great time Oh yeah. under the under the covers of it all. Like, it would yeah. have been amazing, but not really pushing forward with your degree. And then you came back to Hawke's Bay, and what happened next? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, um, just for summer. Yeah, yeah, just for summer. Oh, I met this really nice guy, mm. obviously, and um, spent the whole summer just, you know, frittering away my time with him. Yeah, um, as you do. As you do. Like, at the time, I thought I was doing so good, you know, having an amazing, mm. amazing time doing whatever naughty things these Hawks Bay teenagers get up to. Um, and then 
I kind of at the time didn't realise it, but the relationships with my best friends and my family were so strained. Yeah. Like, it has done so much damage to mm-hmm. um, the relationship, like, especially with my dad. Yeah. Um, he's been, like, my rock since I was tiny. And just mm-hmm. that one summer, not, like, we have both forgiven each other, but it's also, like, you know, old, yeah. you know, old wounds that take time to heal and all yep. that sort of stuff and it's and it's like yeah it's crazy to think about what you did what I did in that summer how it would still be affecting my life now yeah you know anyway um that was that summer yeah <laughs> uh thinking you're doing great but really everything's yeah. falling apart but then also how old were you that summer uh, I was 19 yeah yeah, exactly. so I, I know, and it's no age, but I just think if if there's one thing you can mm. take away from today, it's love your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Please love your father. Yeah. He's done so much for you. Yeah. And so, you know, um, but yeah, anyway, I met this boy and then I moved back to Wellington for second year. Mm-hmm. So I got this disgusting little Harry Potter flat on Adelaide Road and he would come down to stay and all that sort of stuff but you know it wasn't really anything official and it was a kind of it was a thing you know so we kind of drifted apart and then um I was finally getting really stuck into my studies you know like Olivia and I would (laughs) I just remember we were us walking down Adelaide and then up to Massey in the pouring rain to get all our CCC work done and Uh, we would just sit there in the library for hours. And I don't know if any of you went to Massey, but those green couches, you could sleep on them for your entire life. They were so <laughs> damn comfy. Um, and I I got my first A, and I was, like, ready. I actually met this other guy. Mm. Um, his name was Jay, and he did, um, he did like, music. Yeah. Like, he, he did, like... Yeah, he doesn't. He he didn't like to brag about it, but I squeezed it out of him. He did like uh, the Producing? beats, no, like the beats and stuff, like yeah. homebrew and all that sort of thing. Anyway, and so I thought there was something going on there. And then one day I came home and I'd been calling my dad like every three days, going, "I love my life," or like, "I hate my life. This yeah. is so dumb. Why do I feel like this?" Mm. And um, <laughs> it turns out I was pregnant. <laughs> And yeah. it was just like my hormonal basket caseness coming yeah. out, and um. So that's kind of when everything changed. I remember going down to the supermarket to get a test with my flatmate, Mags, and just I couldn't even open the packet to test today. Like, yeah. it was the most... I couldn't think about it. I was, you know, how people talk about, like, you detach yourself. Yeah. You, oh, man, I was so far up in the sky that day. It yeah. was just unbelievable and so I think it took me about an hour and a half to actually open it so how did you how did you know that you needed to go get a test uh, ah oh yeah actually yeah so I think I'm pregnant (laughs) well I I I was kind of like waiting for it to come you know Mm. your your, your courses (laughs) um and it was actually my dad because I'd been calling him with all those you know, up and down life things. Yeah. He was like, Mole, you're not okay. Um, Something's up. Can you please go get a test? Because I am wow. not sleeping at the moment because I'm so worried about you. And do you, because your mum and dad, how many kids do they have? Oh, they have 
I have oh, five younger brothers. Wow. Yeah, so it's me and then five boys. Oh, my gosh. I know. So I guess he will kind of know the ups yeah. and downs of Pretty women's messy. hormones. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> you know? what I was going to say. Yeah. He probably had a sixth sense. Exactly. He's like, uh, I know something's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I was like, Dad, whatever. Like, I'm not pregnant. I didn't mm. even do that sort of stuff. You know, mm. trying to play it off. Super cool. Yeah. But no, I I've, ever since then, I think it, yeah, it, it took two days from Dad's call um, and then... And then, um, you know, those hours of trying to build enough courage to actually open the box. Yeah. Um, Anyway, and then I swear, I peed on that stick and it was just, like, automatic. Really? Oh, yeah. You know, they say, like, put it away for five minutes and then come back. And it was just straight away. I was (gasps) like, wow. I, man. I think I blacked out. I just... I would have. I mean, mean, every girl now, it's like... You always get a message oh. in the group chat, guys, guys. My period's like, my period's like, it's I like three days, and the next day they get it. And but oh. even though, like, yeah, the any, panic in those panic three days, every single female can relate to. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of upsetting now that I think about it. It's like I wish I wasn't upset about having a ba- like nervous about having baby because babies are awesome, and I'm such a kid person, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to be a mum one day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is such a drastic change in your life. How can you not be terrified about it? Oh, yeah, I know. I'll get into more into this like on more of a deeper level later, but yeah. the one thing I can say now is mm. you do not know how selfish you are until you have a child. Yeah. And that's the biggest wake-up call for me. Yes. Yeah. just uh, the, that drastic change, like that you're thinking right now just times it by like 150 it's oh my god complete flip i know and yeah so back to finding out i found out and it took me three days to even you know resume normality in like my own head so who were you with at that time i was with my flatmate mags actually yeah and then olivia was away or at uni or something um and so she came back and i told her I actually told one of my friends back in Hawke's Bay and she was like, you're joking. Like, that's yeah. not real. Like, show me a picture. And I was yeah, like, take Bro. another test. Yeah, like. and I was like, nah, nah. Like, it's true. I don't know what to do. Mm. I was, it was, yeah, because I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I've grown, I grew up within the church and I yeah. have gone to church my whole life and it is the, your worst nightmare to come home to your parents with this news. Mm. Um, but... That's what it was. Oh, exactly. Like, what else are you supposed to do? Like, it yeah. was... I know it's a touchy subject, but abortion was not an option for me. Yeah. Like, just personally, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. And that's um, your decision. And exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, what else are you supposed to do? You you find out you're pregnant and you get on with it. You yeah. know? You, you, you don't worry about all the stuff that's not going to happen because you don't know what's in front of you. Mm. And this is what... This is actually what my... um. My friends were kind of telling me they were they were like, no, you can't, you can't do this. You're only 19. Like, you finish a box of 18 like Cody's every yeah. weekend. How are you going to go from that to being a mum? And I was like, I just am. Like, it's I just, have to. Yeah. What are you talking about? Do I? Ha- I don't have an option. Yeah. And you know, you 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 find something out like that, and you get on with it. Mm. Otherwise, how else are you going to live life? It's yeah. You can't crumble and break down, no. especially when there's when you know for in your situation, you there is no doubt that mm-hmm. that baby is coming. I know exactly. So, wow. 
I don't know. And then uh, once I made that decision, then there's mm. the decision to tell, well, not the decision, but like the actual act of going to having, tell the father, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I'm still, I still hadn't told my parents. Um, but then I freaked out about telling the dad and I was like, yeah. nah, I'm going to leave it. So I actually told my auntie, I called her and I was like, dad bought me a flight home because he's worried about me. I haven't told him yet, but um, I'm knocked up. And she yeah. just kind of goes, oh my God, Molly. Yeah. Okay. So she comes over to my parents' house. I'm back there now. Um, dad bought me a flight. He still doesn't know, but I think he does deep down in his heart, yeah. but I still haven't told him. Um, my auntie comes. Anyway, there's this huge standoff between me and my parents and I tell them and my mum leaves the room my dad's just sitting there and yeah. um I just walk away and I'm yeah. like you deal with it I'm I've told you what I yeah, need to tell I've you I've told you what I need to tell you and I'm getting on a flight back to Wellington yeah. you know like probably looking back I felt really mean for yeah. coming home telling them that and then leaving and then leaving straight away but looking back I think actually Mum needed that time to sometimes process yeah. the news and decide what she's going to do. Yeah. Um, I that she yeah. learned that through personal experience yeah. as well. Obviously nothing to do with being pregnant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in saying that when you do have to tell someone confrontational news or you're having an argument with someone. Mm-hmm. Don't stick around. Don't. Well, yeah, like stick around, get your message across, but then that time in between of actually processing yeah. and understanding stuff is so important. Yeah. It's like like small example, but I remember when I was like sixteen and my friend was having an argument with her boyfriend and she's mm. like, Oh, I hate him, he's such an mm-hmm. asshole, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, You need to have a good night's rest, eat some food, mm-hmm. drink some water, yeah. go for a walk, exactly. process everything. Yeah. And then come back to it when you've got a clear state of mind. And exactly. I can imagine, I mean you say you felt really mean, but that was probably a very natural process that yeah. the people involved in this situation, everyone needed. Exactly. It's a, it's a I, lot oh, of information yeah. to, it is. to process, especially when it's unintended. Oh, exactly. So it's like, oh, man, it was just insane. That's mm. all I can say about that whole experience. And then there was obviously the dad who... Um, I didn't end up telling. I took one of my friends over over to his house and she sat outside on the porch while I talked to him and he broke down and (laughs) drank drove to his mother's, but it's all good. Like, that, all that being said, he's not in the picture. Yeah, I've told him how I feel and he's told me how he feels and I'm just doing this by myself. And I'm completely okay with that. It's... A decision. It's a mutual decision. It wasn't the nicest of decisions at the time, yeah. but I think with how he's doing now and with how I'm doing now, it is the most best outcome that mm. could have actually happened. So basically, where are we at? We found out you're pregnant. Mm. You've told your auntie. You've flown back to Hawke's Bay, told yep. your parents. Yeah. That was a bit of a blow up. Oh, yeah. And so you went back to Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, before you went back to Wellington, you also told the father i actually told the father later on when i had moved back home and right. all that sort of stuff right. so that was so okay. how far through your pregnancy were you when you told him so oh, i wasn't too far along i was about 12 weeks yeah so i'd had my first scan yeah um just to make sure like there was actually something there mm-hmm. um but yeah he was kind of like up and down with um 
being in the picture or not with it like for a couple months and then I found out I was having a boy and that was kind of like a big blow up and then that was when the decision was made for me to do this by myself and then it was kind of just getting on with it you know like doing yeah I mean I don't even know what would be going through my head at that point so it sounds like you picked up quite an attitude like this Mm. is what's happening yeah get my a into g exactly let's do this yeah yeah. Grind, well, not grind time because yeah. it's a baby. Like, <laughs> oh, head. basically. Yeah, but basically grind time. So, yeah. what, so those nine months, you moved home again. Yeah. How did that go? And oh, what was the preparation like for having a child? It was very confronting yeah. coming home to my parents, living back in that huge house with mm. my five brothers. Yeah. Um, and that nine months passed so quickly Mm. and I don't even think about it anymore because it kind of all that heartache and all of that um stress of just pregnancy and the hormones that you go through they like the memories of it just disappear as soon as you hold him like or her in your arms it's ridiculous and that's just that moment of seeing Van for the first time is just I can't takes even explain anything. it. I know. It's like it takes away. And like even when I think about him now, you know, like that little blonde little grom mm. running, running around with his freaking Lightning McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> or his surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just, I do not care. And I will do anything that I can to provide for him, which is mm. why I started what I do in the first place, you know, like... Obviously, there's um, government-provided funds so that you're able to do things your own way, you know, Mm. not in the traditional family sense. Yeah. um, But just, you know, help for those who um, can't necessarily swing it by themselves. Yeah. And um, But I had made my own personal decision to take what I needed to set myself up, but everything else I was... Mm the sole provider and I am not I wasn't going to take anything what you don't need yeah what I don't need and I was going to work for it myself you know because that's very admirable I think well I just what what I what I what I wanted to I guess not like because babies are so intuitive like they pick up everything and one thing that I want Ben to grow up knowing is how hard his mum worked to make it work yeah um and just how um how much dedication it takes to have a child and to do it right and to do it um reflecting your own core values you know whether that's sustainable living whether that's christianity whether it's whatever spirituality thing you kind of you want to grow up yeah you want your child to grow up in, yeah, well, he's, you know, he's your in, baby, yeah. and you want him to be growing up under your values, exactly. Um, not necessarily anyone else, anyone else's, and so you strive for a lot of independence in yes. this upbringing of fan. Exactly, exactly. Because I, um, some might say I'm paranoid, but I know what it's like. Well, I know how easy it is to get swept up in all of this university mindset, actually, because mm. um, that's kind of where you start to form your own beliefs outside of, you know, the nest of your parents yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And I thought I had, like, had it down pat when I was at uni and mm. there was just that complete flip 
of um, just everything to do with living my life. Um, And when you say living your life, do you mean like your ethics and morals? Yeah. Or do you mean your everyday lifestyle or is it all of it? Well, actually it's kind of more everyday lifestyle that reflects your ethics because nothing's separate everything yeah. works in together yeah that yeah, yeah. that's actually a very true statement because yeah. you can say oh I, I believe in um i believe in sustainable fashion yeah, but yeah you go in fashion. oh glasses is having a sale for 40 and you know it's like hmm, cool like yeah you do you but still you do can you talk know? the talk you've got to walk the walk oh exactly mm. exactly there's all it's all well and good to say it but the, the best way to find out whether they actually believe it is how they live their life yeah you know there's it's all well and good to say yeah like i guess that best example is the um sustainable sustainable stuff. fashion yeah, yeah. Like, well, exactly that's, so that's the like, best i'm walking around saying i have neutral a ground <laughs> i hate i hate um fast fashion righty righty rah and then yeah. you're gonna go like, buy something really? from like, yeah, yeah. And it's like you, exactly i think it's the whole you've got to walk the walk and obviously uh, exactly. that's what you're trying to do with mm. raising van exactly doing it as true to yourself as possible because as you're saying you can yeah. say something but do you actually mean it until yeah. you put it into practical steps no that's very respectable so you had the baby was the baby Mm. born in hospital was he born at home he was born in hospital run me through that whole experience of childbirth i mean that's huge but everyone listening today i would say has not given birth to a child so (laughs) run me through i guess that kind of well it's not pretty no it's kind of really ugly and um (laughs) painful but Basically, I went into labour at Ocean Beach on New Year's Day, Um, but I think my body wasn't ready for labour. I just wanted him out of there. He was like five days overdue at this point, because he was actually due on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, But I jumped into the cold water because my auntie was like, oh, it worked for me. (laughs) Her child was born, I think, a few hours later, but... um, I think my body just wasn't ready for it. And so I actually went into a, how long was it? A 36 hour labor. Oh my Um, goodness. It was the most awfulest time ever of my life. It was kind of like contraction and then this awful back pain, like nothing you'd ever, like, I can't even describe it. It was just so painful. So it was like one type of pain in your stomach, like mm. all your muscles just trying to like mm. get prepared. Yeah. You, you're not going to know what it's like until you experience it. And I hope you do and enjoy your lovely little baby because mm. it's the best time of your life. But, um, well, the best and the hardest. But yeah. um, anyway, so that was on New Year's Day about 4pm and then Van wasn't born until I think it was 20 past 10 on the 2nd of January. Wow. Yeah, so that's how long I was in labour for. How long is an average labour? Is that a thing? Uh, I think it's pretty up and down depending on the person. Mm. Eh? Like everyone's birth stories are so different. It's like There's no uh, you can't even get into it. Eh? It's crazy it's yeah even even within the birth stories of my mum and all my brothers mm. they're just completely different some come out within two hours and then some are 36. I, I know exactly so it's like just 36 hours of pain yeah. um but my 
my midwife was the best lady mm. I've ever had. She's just, well, not that I've had multiple, but she's just an amazing woman. She yeah. was actually my neighbour. I've known her forever. Really? Yeah. So do you get to pick your midwife? Yes. Well, actually, it depends on where you go, I mm. think. I think there's a lot of public midwives and yeah. stuff. I like, I know Donna is, but she's not. Yeah, I actually don't quite understand the whole midwife thing anyway because yeah. I'm pretty sure mum organised it. Because but. that's, <laughs> if I wasn't doing I've got I don't want to say backups because they're yeah. not any less than what I'm doing they're yeah. very admirable but if I wasn't doing law and I didn't find anything else at uni I wanted to study I would so go into midwifery oh, I honestly, would I reckon it's the my, most my mum wanted to be stuff. a midwife you know it's yeah. like the most draining job you're ever gonna have mm. but it's probably the most rewarding yeah like it's so essential as exactly. well exactly it's so essential I don't, like people like women can't do it by themselves you get yourself into like the most important thing is that you're relaxed mm. and that you you trust your body to do what it needs to do because everything has been designed for a purpose yeah and it's the most beautiful most natural process that a woman's body's ever going to go through. To go through. I'm just, I'm a very big advocate for natural, mm. <laughs> um, for natural birth and stuff. But obviously there's women who can't and I, 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 I sympathize so much. Like I can't even imagine what it would be like to not have a child. So I'm really sorry mm. if you're in that situation, you're finding it really hard to listen to this. Mm. Um, I, I really am sorry. But um, I guess... Mm, this is how my story went and mm. so I'm just sharing that yeah um but I had van um my midwife had to knock me out with tramadol so I could actually sleep um because you can't be tired when you're in labor you yeah. have to stay on to it you know like yeah. you have to know if something's wrong you trust your instincts you know mm. but as soon as you go tired you're like that's that's probably one of the biggest reasons for adrenaline. Like naturally produced adrenaline is so you can get through childbirth. Like it's one of the most traumatic things yeah. for you and your baby, but it's one of the most necessary. It has to things. happen. Is that exactly. yeah? So it was thirty six hours. Run me mm-hmm. through that like step by step. Twenty four hours oh. during that childbirth. So you've gone into the hospital. Yeah, you've got your midwife by your yeah. side. Who's in the hospital room? My with you? mother is with me and my grandmother actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh, right. It was just four us. generations in that room. I after the birth. know cool. it was quite cool. I know. So I actually had no pain killers at all because it just made me feel weird. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't have any control with my body because I knew what it should be doing but I had to you know you gotta you have to be yeah it's hard conscious. to explain yeah. but yeah you gotta you gotta know what's going on I guess otherwise that's when complications Happen. you know arise and all that sort of stuff so um I couldn't go in the water because he was my first baby and there's um it's it's not as natural to mm. give birth in water um I was actually yeah so so I had van I put out my neck because I was, like, holding on so much because it was so freaking painful. Mm. But, yeah, and then after I... I don't know, it's really gross, like, details, so I don't really yeah, want to go into... Yeah, if you don't want to go into details, that's fine. Ooh, but, um, yeah, it was just amazing just yeah. seeing Van for the first time. Like, oh, I don't even know what I said. I think I actually just fully fell back into my midwife like she had she like caught me oh. and I was like I like the relief mm. and the love that you have in that moment is just so overwhelming wow. you you're, you're never gonna feel anything like it yeah yeah it's crazy 
I know. Yeah. I know. It's so cool. It's so cool. I'm cry. Yeah. Oh, no, I yeah. mean, I feel very, very um, special being able to hear all of this because yeah. it's obviously special to every person. Exactly. It's amazing that you're sharing this. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you ended up having the baby, mm-hmm. heading home. Yeah, going back to my parents. Yeah. Cheapers. That was a... <laughs> Life curb. Yeah, but, gosh. yeah. That and was you yeah, fixing broken relationships, all that sort of stuff. I'm not gonna yeah. get into you don't that. Need to go into that one. <laughs> and then you've had baby van and so yeah. you um obviously had the baby and for how many months were you living at home with him and then did you start working? Did Velvet General start run us through those next yeah. kind of So chunks? I guess after I had Van you kinda you're kinda faced with the reality of having a child in and this having world to keep going. and having to keep going you know like that's when you know you're talking about the grind that's the grind yeah. like you know like uh, it was quite gutting I couldn't breastfeed him which oh. really sucks because we're real my family really big um you know on breastfeeding and stuff well yeah. you can't you can't but it just it broke my heart because I just I think I wasn't in the right place mentally because there was a lot going on in that past year like mm. it was ridiculous but you kind of got to do what you got to do and so I had to put him on formula mm. and I think that actually that that played with my mind a little bit more than I thought so I went through quite a bit of post um, postnatal depression after that yeah. because I had this I had this huge view of what my life was going to be like after I had my baby you know yeah. I was like I'm gonna do everything I can to have no waste and have no yeah yeah, like, yeah. you know and be it's like that's not be. that's not reality you can you can live towards it but in the moment you got to do what you have to do you know mm. and I had to put them on formula you know mm. I didn't have the um, physical capacity to put them in cloth nappies and all that sort of stuff that I originally wanted yeah. to do, you know. So that's that's yeah. yeah. I think that's with everything, though. I mean, obviously, it's a very clear example when you have a child and you want to be able to do all these things, but sometimes yeah. the resources or the exactly. capacities aren't there. But that's yeah. like with everything in life, having too higher expectations can really can be quite yeah, crippling. Exactly. Yeah, but and you've done the best you can. Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing. Like as well um you you have this situation in front of you and you look at it and you're like okay this is what I'm gonna do and you do it and you Mm. do it to the best of your ability not just for yourself but for everyone involved you Mm. know for people who could be watching you with admiration you know being like I wish I could do what she's doing Mm. and you you work your ass off to get that done, you yeah. know, and that's the only way you're ever going to, um, cause everyone finds their own, you know, talking about like that spirituality or your Christianity or that sort of thing. You're going to find your own, um, fulfillment in different mm. things. And that was just one big one for me. It was, um, it was knowing that I was doing the best that I could. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. And, and, and then I think that knowing the best that I can in different aspects of my life, you know, mm. like I'm working towards being a good mother and mm. instilling the same values that I grew up with and I'm doing my best with so, like living simply mm. and I'm doing my best with following your looking my best as well. And, yeah, you know? exactly. There's and, so many different and, things. Like if you have no confidence in yourself, how are you going to confidently raise this child, child 
you know, I keep calling yeah. it a child, but it's a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> little van. Little van, little person. That's yeah. actually very, yeah, I've never thought about that. Exactly. And, and I think that was one of the biggest things with starting Velvet is it's not, it's not the actual clothes. It's, it's the love that you have when you find that piece of clothing, you know, those perfect jeans or, mm. um, you know, that beautiful silk top, you know, that's been handmade in the thirties. Oh, just gets my heart all racing, you yeah. know, but it's like, if you, if you don't love it, you don't love it. But when you do, it's, oh, so cool. It's and then you get to, and then you get to dress up and you get to, um, just have this confidence walking around knowing that, not that everyone's looking at you, you know, but just that you feel good you're, in yourself. Yeah. And you're pursuing yeah, the sense of exactly, individuality and exactly. yourself. Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome, yeah. Molly, because I think a lot of the themes that come through in this podcast is about having your own, like, yeah. what's the right, what's the word for it? Um, individuality like personality uh, not personality yeah personality yeah but it's like you're integral to yourself yeah being true to yourself being true to yourself and I think that's um from listening to you now Mm. I think one of your strongest values seems to be be sticking to who you are and what you value and not letting other things impact the way that you do life and that seemed like obviously you've got your baby but velvet general is my other baby is your other baby yeah. and it's like an extension of yourself and yeah. i think that's what comes through when you're producing your clothes and you're yeah. curating your vintage styles and all this kind of stuff mm. is that you are so um true to yourself that it's passing on to other people yeah. in a positive way. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That's, so, that's so cool to hear. Yeah, no, it is. And everyone who yeah. hasn't checked it out, it's on the Instagram. Um, but Velvet General essentially started out of the need to provide yeah. for yourself and for your baby while sticking to your true values yeah. and who you are. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. And yeah. I am so stoked with how it's turning out. Like, I have got big stuff for this year. Mm. Like, just Do you not want to spill? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell course. us all about it. So, I've got... Um, I've got some uh, some more t-shirts coming out. So if you don't know what I do, that like I find um, old t-shirts. Like I go and charm all the old ladies at the op shops and mm. get all the old t-shirts that they usually cut up into bags. You yep. know, so like which is so cool. But mm. you know, sometimes you get given this old t-shirt bag and it's got like Def Leppard on it, and you're like. <clears throat> Your heart just yeah, like, it's like why dies. Is this a bag? Exactly, why is this bag? And so um, I find the plain ones mm. and the plain good quality, you know, like Hanes beef teas, all those old, old ones, and get my own designs put onto them, you know? Yep. So it's like that um, combination of um, my love for drawing and art and then my love for recycling and making stuff that would have gotten thrown away like new and actually really cool you know mm. like you want to you want to love the pieces you're wearing and knowing that this used to be an old t-shirt and was designed by me here in Hawke's Bay and then also printed you know down on Hirotonga Street everything's mm. super local and then that's the same with my um bags as well so I have a really talented seamstress her name's Olivia I love yep. Olivia she makes 
the best tote bags you'll ever see in your life mm. um, and then I do my own designs on them and they're all made out of um, salvaged fabric but they're all good quality none yeah. of this yeah you know none of that um, none of that poly, yeah nah trash exactly trash that's what it is oh man it's mm. yeah it's quite cool because it's that awesome mix of you know real creativity um, giving local makers work um, yeah, and letting them get important. out there. Oh, exactly. Mm. Like, Especially if, at the if, moment. If it's not local, yeah. you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I think local is really important to me because I grew up, dad's like a grower, and yeah. we always, like, I grew up selling cherries at the farmer's market. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Sunday one at the AMP mm. showgrounds, and we never bought from anything big. And I think back then, Especially between the ages of like seven and fifteen, you know, that was really big, you know. I don't know if it was the same at your guys' schools, but um at the Christian school mm. it was really cool to, you know, come in those JJ's t shirts. Oh yeah, and it like, had like oh, it was so gross. It was like fluoro green yeah. and it had like monsters and so stuff on yuck, it. Yuck, so gross. Yeah. But you know, but I could never afford to get go go all those things. So mm. and that was when my biggest insecurities would come out because I just wanted to fit in when Mm. I was younger I well I still do I look about five years younger than I actually am you Mm. know so I walk around with my child and people go (laughs) like are you you? (laughs) like excuse me like (laughs) why do you have a child yeah (laughs) you are a child but um you know so it was one of my biggest insecurities not fitting in not just because I looked younger than everyone else and everyone would tell me that I look younger it's like Mm. thanks I didn't realize that oh jeepers and then wearing completely different clothes as well like Mm. it's so hard to navigate that when you're younger and it gives you so much anxiety but because you're so young you don't know what's going on and so you're trying to deal with it and you just you feel ridiculous and you're like why am I feeling like this it's just and then your mum's like oh it's just hormones you know you're you're going through changes you're just being a teenager and I'm like actually no I'm lying in bed having a panic attack because I look five years younger than everyone else in my school yeah yeah there's so many different things but you've been able to turn the irony I think in that is something that you've obviously been brought up with on local goodness mm. and re, I guess sustainability and yeah. stuff which is almost, which is trendy now which is kind of a weird thing to oh, say and I yeah. hope it isn't just a trend yeah um but it's turned into something that's actually yeah. stimulating your living exactly exactly yeah. and it's and it's yeah it's it's not just something I've grown up in like immersed mm. in it's actually something that I can now push out onto other people and like let them be a part of it you know for those people whose money wasn't an issue and all that sort of Mm. stuff can actually um you know and who grew up just buying all the new stuff and not Mm. even giving a second thought about it you know actually be like you know this is probably a better idea you know but it's yeah utilize your platform too yeah it's a very it's a very humble you know offering but Mm. it works it works for me it's it's a place that I can put out my um like what I make for mm. other people to enjoy, like because I do my painting and do it in a beautiful way yeah. that is good for the planet yeah. and good for the economy exactly. and yeah. all those kind of things. Yeah. Um. And one of my questions was, if you could give like a brief summary of why it is so important 
to shop sustainably, mm-hmm. especially in the clothing realm. Yeah. I think a lot of our listeners are at that point in their life where they probably have some disposable income, but yeah. not heaps. Yeah. And op shopping is definitely a way to do things. But yeah. sometimes you do see that little sale at Glassons and you're like, I do need a new pair of jeans. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just if you want to explain to the listener why mm-hmm. sustainable shopping is really important. Um, <laughs> I think that everything you know or everything you think you know about shopping now, you can just like throw it out the window. You actually like, it's not true. There's no like way to fully shop sustainably and all that sort of stuff, you know? And I think for me, the real turning point was when I was like, oh, there is a sale on at Glassons or, oh, you know, it would look really cool as if I just got that little pink crop top to wear with that vintage skirt, you know? It would just be perfect. But if you do the real maths and if you do, if you look at all the clothes you've accumulated just because of those little thoughts, um, you spend way much more money on all those tiny little things that you think, oh, it's just 15 bucks, you know, all that yeah. sort of thing. Like, op shop prices are getting up there anyway, you know, mm. but it's like, how long are you actually going to wear that? Like, seriously, those clothes are not designed for you to wear forever. They they're are designed, designed. They're literally designed for you to wear max six times and then throw it away. Yeah, because they're just going to yeah, get scungy. Exactly. Or they the get gross or the, the dye is not in there properly so it just fades and then you're like, ooh, that looks dirty and I chuck just washed it. Out. it. I'm going to chuck it out, get a new one. And it's just, it adds up. And you actually, like, how hard is it to just say, look, I can put off having these jeans, you know, these Glassons jeans, until I find some on Trade Me or until I find some on, you know, a shop like mine. You know, you just have to be prepared to wait. Yeah. You don't need everything right now. You don't now. need instant gratification exactly. either. And it's, and it's like, like, how sweet is it going to be when you finally find... Like, I'm still waiting on finding the perfect 505s to fit my stupid waist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my stupid baby waist, you know? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a 6, but I'm not an 8. It's like, hmm. Where's the 7? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's just... It doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, I'm losing... I'm trying to fit into a vintage wedding dress anyway, so mm. I might end up those size sixes who knows (laughs) exactly watch this space yeah so first any oh so if anyone has Mm. a pair of size six vintage levi's they want to sell me i'm still looking oh you know it's going to (laughs) it's going to take a while for you to find yours Mm. um but if you know Mm. (laughs) just hit me up sounds like patience yeah patience so sustainable and knowing what you want sorry Mm. before i forget carry on yeah. yeah so tip number one is patience and tip number two would be knowing what you want and not settling like because I know a lot of the time I'll be like oh I want a beautiful long black skirt you know yeah and then you'll just settle for like some half linen one from Glassons you know because it's like oh it gives the effect but it's not actually the one that you want yeah I think that's actually super I can think Mm. of I can think of a pair of jeans Mm -hmm. right now and I just wanted some really nice baggy straight leg jeans, but yep. tight around the waist. Yeah. And guess where I saw some, which huh? were kind of like it. Exactly. Glassons. Exactly. And now that you're saying that, it does just it reiterates the importance of patience and having yep. a clear mindset. Because those yeah. jeans, yes, I wear them, but I don't love them. Exactly. But if I waited and maybe mm-hmm. I found some through a secondhand page, exactly. I would feel so good about exactly. them. I wear them every day. Yeah. Um, that's an, so, yeah, that, those are awesome um, tips so far patience 
knowing what you want, exactly. getting on Pinterest and oh, stuff like definitely. that. Definitely, you inspo. know, gathering up those ladies that you love. Like mm. I can name so many. Like my biggest style inspirations. Mm. This is where I find all of my stuff is vintage photographs. Mm. So I look at Jane Birkin. I look at all those photos of like the Beatles girls. Mm. I oh, I just love it. I used to in uni my two were Stevie Nicks and Janice Joplin. Yeah. Not so much anymore, you know. I'm I'm growing up, you know, mm. I need to get up on that class level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I'm actually I'm I'm turning more towards, you know, um uh, Bridget Bardot, you know, with her collards mm. and the big pussy bow, like, neckties. Yeah. Oh, it's so My cool. My mum loves those neckties. Oh, I can it. see that. Yeah, oh, like your mum is a classy lady. She loves oh, it. Oh, yeah. She's, you know? Mm. Oh, and, like, I would love to get one of those, you know, the Marsa big, beautiful shirts. No, you know, I oh, don't. The lady from, uh, yeah, Andrea from your bond wears them all the time, and mm. they're beautiful. You know, if you have that kind of money to spend, like, $400 on that shirt, do it, because you're going to love it for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know? Like, and, you, and you work out that cost per wear, and you save up, and you buy it because mm. you love it. Not yeah. just because well, those ladies are wearing it, but because you love it. You yeah, know? exactly. That's like my handbag. I got so much mm. crap from, a, from my uncle the other week, and I was like, you know what? Actually... <laughs> I saved up to water. I know it's handmade in mm-hmm. New Zealand. What is it's, it? Is it the Umay one? It's Umay. Yeah. It's made out of deer napper. Yeah. So it's sustainably farmed down yeah. in the South Island. Yes. And it's all handmade, hand dyed, and mm-hmm. then all the fabrics and designs they get. Like, oh, I can't remember where it's from, but they did like a big. Um, kind of like Instagram TV. Yeah, I think I remember, yeah. Yeah, and I and you feel good when you buy them mm. as well. You feel so good Definitely. when you buy them. Um, and yes, it was hurting in the bank account, but I wear oh. it every day. Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. Like I said, you divide that day by day and you work out that cost per year. Yeah. You know, even if you're not good at maths, maths is going to save your life when it comes <laughs> to like dressing sustainably because yeah. you actually get a feel mm. for what you need to put money into, what you need to invest in and mm. what you can just put up with for a little longer until you find something else you know it's um and it's not just that you have to buy secondhand Mm. and not that you just have to buy from the op shop or from a shop like mine but it's but it's buying from stores that you agree with and who have full transparency you know it doesn't have to be vegan for it to be um for it to be sustainable, sustainable exactly you know and that's one of my biggest things things yeah well i think companies like um Patagonia, for example, yeah. that's really great because they're B yeah. plus corporations. So you know, mm-hmm. everyone who works is on living wage. Exactly. It's all from sustainable products. Yeah, it's appropriately priced, and you can actually send it back. Um, if it's broken, they fix it for yeah. free. So that's it, so cool. Yes, it's more expensive than say, gosh, I can't even give a example of like a bad puffer jacket, yeah, a puffer jacket, but. What you're paying for? Doing them, so there you go. Oh well, yeah, Mm. no, I'm perfect. What you're paying for is something that's going to last you, and you know it's been putting positive impact into the world. Mm -hmm. Do you have any more tips for sustainable clothing? What are your Um, um, top? What are your staple must-haves? Like in the closet, obviously everyone has a good pair of jeans. Oh, have to. But have anything over your fashion journey that you think is a must-have for every person? I think my biggest is actually, hmm, oh, that's really hard. Mm. It totally depends on what you wear every day, you know? So if you are that kind of person who feels the most comfortable wearing your sneakers 
jeans and a t-shirt then you buy multiple of those and you just wear them all the time you don't try and be fancy with all your styling and stuff don't 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 try um don't try be someone else because you think that um oh they're like the epitome of sustainable dressing so i'm gonna have to dress like them i'm gonna get need to get a big long flowy dress exactly no you look at what's in your wardrobe and you look at what you wear the most and you go buy stuff like that Mm. it's just yeah so it's yeah what i really want to start doing is actually working with people and figuring out what they love wearing and helping like being a personal stylist yeah not necessarily like personal stylist but like just feel free to flick me a message and say hey like what do you think i found this but i don't know how to wear it like Mm. what would you wear it with you know Mm. like stuff like that i'd love to be like for people to feel comfortable to do that with me because i love helping other people and dressing them and all that sort of stuff. But I think I think if I have to choose my own favourite, like oh, my yes, personal yeah. favourite um, pieces of clothing, it would be this dress. I actually yeah. got it off a really cool store that kind of fits the same sort of thing as mm. me. It's called... It used to be called Munter Shop, but now it's called Hot oh, Wears. Oh, yeah. I used to... I got, okay, I got the most epic pair of jeans from Munter yeah. Shop. They're Levo 501s. Nice. Beautiful fit. And That's then, so cool. I think I got a hole. I don't know what oh, happened to no. them. If you got a hole in them, you just patch it up, I baby. know. See, that's mm-hmm. that's another tip. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, we're yeah. actually running out of time now, but yeah. I think we've had such an awesome exactly. chat. Um, is there anything else you want to get out there or want to tell our um, listeners? Ooh. You can have a think about it or you can just spit it out. I don't mind. Anything that they can know. Mm. I think the best thing to know is that you just got to stay with what you love and what your passion is and where and have that goal. Don't get swept up in what everyone else is doing. Mm. Don't um, just go along with it. You know, actually find your passion and your drive and you're going to make it work because you actually are putting in the hard work, you know? Mm. Like, you're getting the grind in to get it done, and it's just going to be... It might take years. It might just be finishing that little painting, you know? Mm. But it's going to be worth it once you've finished it because it's you. Yeah. And it's everything that you encompass within your own life. I thought of the word that I was... Oh, yeah? Integrity. Yeah, integrity, exactly. Integrity, and I And that's like with all these shops that are popping up like mine. You know, people go to the op shop and they put it all in and they chuck it on Instagram and they're like, oh, quick buck, you know? But it's like, actually, this is a lot of work. Mm. This is a lot of sifting and mending and, and styling and fixing, you know, replacing buttons and all that sort of stuff. And even more work than that, that sounds, that is all the easy stuff, mm. you know? So the people with the most integrity and the most love for it are the ones who are going to last. And you're only going to find those people through knowing what is, um, um, what's the word? Uh, intentional and you know the most real original yeah not necessarily original but just the most um genuine 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 you know like you're gonna be able to tell when someone's genuine about it because you can tell how much work they put into it yeah our last guest literally just said the same thing he's working in the music industry which is kind of completely different but he said um 
when you meet genuine people, those are the people who succeed. Exactly. And they stick to their integrity and they yeah. stick to what they're passionate about. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you've exemplified with your yeah. with your journey, man. Oh, you've thanks. experienced so much. It's a lot much. of work, but it pays off. Yeah, and <laughs> you're sticking to what you love and it's really, really admirable, Molly. Like, oh, I've freaking thanks. loved listening to all of this today. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's unfortunately all we have time for. But if you want to check out Molly's online shop, is that what we want to call it? An online yeah, shop? Yeah, yeah. The this, this store, the online stores are relaunching within the next few weeks. Yeah. So definitely online yeah. shop, yeah. So your username is Velvet General Store? Yeah, or I think it's just, yeah, Velvet, Velvet General Store. Yeah, and that's on Instagram. It's all through yeah. our Instagram as well, which is at exactly. Above Standard Podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed Molly's story. She has encouraged me to shop more sustainably. I need to go home and chuck out so many clothes. Uh, but yeah. just put them in the op shop. Yeah, you know? op yeah, shop. Yeah. You know what I mean. Never exactly. chuck out. And um, be more patient with my shopping, I mm, think. Yeah. yeah. But that's all for t- you have, we have time for today. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. We will probably be back in Wellington within I'd say the next month or so but yeah we're just going to see how it goes thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoyed everything see ya